Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. As usual, life can be miserable, it can be dark, so we're here to bring you some joy and bring you some light. Hi Bradley, once again joined by Stu. How are we doing this week, Stu? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, all getting geared up for the house move, which is pretty exciting and most exciting at the moment. Well, there's a few things and they're all very nerdy. The first is that I bought some like electrical lights, like electrical sockets and light switches, <laughs> faces to put on stuff because I just I could I was like they might sell out and I really want them. Um, so even though I haven't even moved into the house, I've done that because uh, I was overexcited, and I'm really excited about the fact they've got ultra fast broadband that we'll be switching to when we go there. So it'll be like nearly oh, yeah. yeah yeah nearly one gigabit per second. Uh, so nearly, what's that, like around 100 megabytes a second type speeds. Yes, is, is that with uh, Virgin by any chance? No, no, it's Talk Talk no. actually. Oh, they do one gig now? Apparently so, apparently so, uh, yeah. Fair enough. So that's exciting, and yeah, there you go. And you're, obviously you've made a really important house move purchase as well. Oh you? God, yeah, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. So I was looking into like playing... Uh, PSP games in VR because you can do that, and I was getting excited. And so, like, Outrun, yeah, exactly. Outrun, uh, Ridge Racer, Wipeout, like all of those things. And I was like, oh, you know, oh, it might not work brilliantly, but we'll give it a go. So, first off, got my Oculus Rift out. I'm like, took me forever to get it working. I haven't used it for about a year, maybe a little less. But all the new software and the whole move to Meta and all this crap doesn't work properly like uh, all sorts of things mucking mucking me about i can just about get like the oculus stuff and steam vr working but over and above that pfft, nothing pain in the ass i was like right okay well, that's a pain in the ass then found out that it wouldn't be able to do this ps uh, pppsspp vr anyway I was like, right, that's it. I'm buying a Quest 2. And so I sorted one of them out. And now I have to sell loads of stuff because I can't afford to have done that. Uh, yeah. So my bank manager is currently sharpening knives and ready to slit my throat. And uh, yeah. A melt out around the way. If you're living the virtual world, you can move virtually on your own. Exactly. It should be quite within <laughs> her rights to do so. But yeah. Dumb purchases ahoy. What what you've got now though is anything she needs you to actually do, like physical wise. You can't go. Oh, but you've got to pretty much do it now just to not get it in the ear. Well, you know, I mean, we have a good kind of. Oh, you can spend your money on whatever you like, um, thing going on. But it's kind of like, yeah, we're supposed to be downsizing stuff to move. Yeah. And I'm like, well, technically I am because I'm selling my Rift, so that's a one for one swap. But of course, it yeah, the better, yeah. Two, the better's too smaller. Yeah. It's slightly smaller. Yeah. I can prove it. You've got one, yeah. You can you can prove that as well. So yeah, I just I don't know. I'm I'm just daft, but you know, hopefully it'll be fun when it gets here. Talking of downsizing, oh, did you know Matt Damon likes video games? I did not, but I'm not surprised. That's a neat, That's a segue and a segue, isn't it? That's, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Someone's got you got to, you've got to know about one of Matt Damon's worst films. To, to, to get that yeah, one. Yeah, I'd quite like to see it, even though it's not supposed to be good. Yeah, I know. The concept's really good. The idea of it. I, I love the idea of the what the film's about, um, but apparently it's just not written very well. Yeah. <laughs> um, talking, of, talking of Matt Damon. He's, he's, a, he's a good egg, Matt Damon. 
Um, mm. He's a he was doing an interview and they was talking about like the people like you've got lots of like famous quotes from films and stuff like that. He goes like the people often come up to you and talk like do some of your goodwill hunting quotes or your dogma quotes and stuff like that. <laughs> I can see where this is going. <laughs> And he turned around and he went, no, he goes, most people come up to me and shout at me, Matt Damon. Yeah, <laughs> Matt Damon. But he loves it. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. <laughs> he's um, he's not bitter about it at all, which I love. Um, that is good. He, he realises how privileged he actually is. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I'd, oh. I'd find it hard to resist going, how do you like them apples? That's what I'd uh, have to do. <laughs> uh, them apples. Oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, but, see, this was a clever segue that I hadn't actually thought about until I started and went, oh, this actually works. So I'm going to take the first game today because it segues nicely. And the first game I've been playing is Movie House, the film ty- studio tycoon. Oh, okay. Um, which is... Um, so do you know like those games like Startup Panic or the um, the Kyro Soft ones where like, oh, like you've got a make like computer games and sell and make profit and like pocket stables and whatever pocket football team all those ones um, okay i'll take your word for it i don't know them but yeah it was popular on mobile and stuff like that a, a little while back uh but yeah basically the tycoon games uh but this is one of them essentially but trying to be a bit more fleshed out so you basically run a a new movie studio that started off with nothing you start by making like small independent short films and then eventually become the idea is to become the biggest studio in the world. And yeah, you go through, you hire writers, directors, actors, producers, etc. 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 You have to t- like haul your film out to like uh different sh- uh production companies or whatever so they can sort of like promote your film or put it under their label and stuff. And it's basically watch the numbers go up the game. <laughs> which is what all these are. Um, and it's really good. It's a really good game. Um, like, it's got some... The artwork's okay, like, in terms of the actual graphics of the game, but it's got, like, like loads of fake logos for production companies and, and movie posters and, and stuff like that. And they are really cool. They are really well done. Um, they put a lot of effort into that side of it. Which is really good, um, and it, it feels good. Like when you you put a movie out there and it, it gets like good ratings and um, like makes lots of money and you make a big blockbuster and stuff like that. Um, it doesn't do anything this job was never done before. Um, so you've got to balance the books. Uh, you've got to, like you've got to deal with studio problems and, and all that kind of thing. Um, and I've been playing it on the deck um, for the last week or so um and yeah I've, I've really been enjoying it the only issue i have with it comes from the controls um it's very much mouse controls and no one's created a community profile for it yet um, which is going to bring me later on to a bit of a a longer not rant but thing i want to talk about um but yeah i really enjoy it the controls need work uh, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. it. It's just one of those guys. A nice game, um, and I like just nice games. Yeah, I always kind of view those. What are they called? Like I don't know what you'd call them, but um, sort of simulators of global capitalism. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, basically capitalist simulation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, oh yeah, you know, that's kind of fun. It's better to be doing it in fiction than in reality, kind of thing. Yeah. Even though it's not really my sort of game, they look like they're uh, those numbers going up. Things are always fun if you can, yeah, if you get into them. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, again, it's good. It's not as good as the Kyro Soft stuff. So. Uh, like Game Dev Story is like probably the most well-known one. Pocket Stables is pretty well-known. Um, I try to think of one of the other sort of like major ones, like Grand Prix Story done really well. Tennis Club Story, all of those type of ones. They done sort of like mega numbers a while back. And Cairo Soft have made like about five hundred of the bloody things now. Um, so it's it, I, I prefer those. I prefer the look of those, and they're, they're a bit more easy to get into. But as I said, I, I'm enjoying this. Um, it's not perfect, but it's a lovely time waster. One, I don't mind popping on, uh, playing for half an hour, and then and then jibbing off again till maybe... I'll probably like do that and then play it again like a couple of weeks later and pick it up for something to do. But yeah, it's good. Really good. Nice. Uh, by the way, you can pick up the Kyrosoft bundle for £211. Oh, That's how many of those games there are. Oof. And they're only a couple of quid each. There's lots. God, blimey. Yeah, well, they've... I can't imagine anyone that want the bundle of that. You can't, like... Because what I will say is, once you've played one or two of those, you've pretty much played them all. Yeah. Um, it's just different skins. Um, so, I don't know why anyone would want the bundle. I get finding, like, having all those options. So, like, there's a sushi restaurant one and stuff like that. I get it. Someone might really want to run a sushi restaurant, so you get that. But I don't know if I want every single game. So, I don't know why they've got a bundle. But, hey... I'm sure there is someone out there. Yeah, there's probably a couple of of whales who are happy to do that. Yeah, mm. but yeah, I don't I don't gosh. know why a couple in Wales will want those. But oh dear, oh they need something to do in the in the uh, valleys. Oh Bradley, oh so disappointed <laughs> in you. No, you're not. No, I'm, I I expect it to be honest. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what what's next from you? Uh, well, I've been playing uh, one that was. That's pretty much brand new. It only came out at the end of March, and it was recommended. No, yeah, bull crap. Yeah, I have completed right bull crap, Stu. I have completed this year three video games that were released this year. Three, Hell. a full three. Ooh. Yep. Um, <laughs> they're not exactly like major eight triple A titles or anything, but uh, yeah, they're there. Oh, and this one was uh, called Gunsuit Guardians, and it's a vampire survivors alike. And when I say alike, I mean like total complete ripoff. But it's got you know enough. I've got faults. I've got faults, but you you can. Hear. I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. So yeah, they you know mostly vampire survivors. But I mean, it's got enough nuance to make it worthwhile playing. And it's early access at the moment, so there's only like the first level, and you know I rinse that in the first day. Although it's you know it's challenging enough. Um, but the first level of that is not as tough as the first level of Vampire Survivors. So, based on current evidence, it's slightly easier, although that doesn't mean it's easy. Um, like Vampire Survivors, you can like have different characters, they've got different sort of base builds, you can increase the background stats in, in roguelike fashion. It's a shooter rather than a kind of adventure-styled game, and... The sort of biggest nuance change is, you know, big nuance, that's really kind of a yeah, contradiction. Um, but one nuanced change then is that it has auto fire, which you know, Vampire Survivors does. 
the, the weaponry in that is kind of mostly area effect and some of them is lock on um, this is more kind of it's more directed uh, it's more lock on um, I mean feel free to you know, completely disagree with this when you get to it. You probably remember Vampire Survivors better than me, but um, yeah, and you could, but you can opt to either do, like take over and do manual aim with the right thumbstick, or you can turn off auto aim completely with a, or back on again. You know, like toggle it with R one, um, and that's really nice because sometimes you want to concentrate fire on one of the big enemies that's come that comes in rather than just you know let the stuff take over but the ai controlled stuff is really accurate and really good uh and it feels a bit like you know we're like iron man absolutely unloading on on everyone like in in the films uh, kind of thing uh, or death blossom in uh that film i can't remember the name of um but yeah so yeah it's really good the theme is good the graphics are appealing and it's got its own little carved out its own little kind of vs style niche as well yeah so I, I, I'm with you with that. Uh, Vampires, I, before I get going though, has a game ever quickly, as quickly turned into a full-blown genre as Vampire Survivors? Because we now have the Survivors like. I don't think it has. I think, yeah, well, well maybe, maybe. Back in the, in a smaller scale, perhaps on the, on the BBC, on the, sorry, on the computer micros back in the 80s, but only... We're still looking at developing industry then, yeah so. yeah and there were only really certain types of games you could make <laughs> so it's like yeah you were copying them because that's all the computers could do but yeah. um it's like the soul the souls like you know they they've come about but that was after a few games you know yeah. but vampire survivors just went oh this is out and this is a genre now yeah yeah it's really really taking everything by storm so no i think you're probably right i think it's uh it's a, it's a new thing uh but gunsuit guardians yeah uh, you very kindly gifted this to me um and i'm so glad you did because i really like it um yep my problem with the with the survivors like is there are a lot so many of them are just like it's survivors with a different skin which is fine but yeah i've already got the best of the best whereas what this is doing for me is it's changed it up enough that i can play it alongside it um and it feels like a different game and the ability, like, when you get that moment of, oh, I can actually just concentrate my fire on this first big boss and just deal the damage to, 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 to the boss. Uh, that That's just a proper eureka moment in the game. Yeah. It's really, really good. And you've got the, <coughs> excuse me, you've got the, um, the power-up as well, which I really like that you can use. Um, so I think like on the main camp, first character, it's like turns the shield on, um, yeah. and then you've got the ability to dash, as well, which is really good, which adds something else to it. Um, and yeah, I just it's a great take. It's almost like a sequel to Vampire Survivors, rather than a Me Too. No, don't use yeah. Me Too. That's the wrong <laughs> context. Rather than a clone. Yes. Yeah. Um, of it. And for that reason, it stands out, and it's only £2.49. So it's also, it understands one of the reasons Vampire Survivors was as popular as what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth selling, you know, a million at a low price than it is, you know, 10000 at a high price, without a doubt. And um, it's the right price point. And like you say, yeah, those gameplay tweaks and, and developments from the other game turn it more into, like, Vampire Survivors, like, feels like its DNA is in 
you know, mobile gaming, which is not a criticism. It's just, you know, a fact. Um, whereas this doesn't feel like a mobile game. I mean, technically, you could probably play it as a mobile game, but it feels like a quote-unquote full game, you know? It feels like it's designed from the, the ground up with a controller in mind, and, you know, uh, there's very few... There are auto functions, but it doesn't feel like it's automated to the point where you just move your character around and there's more interaction. And it, at moments, it feels like a full shoot 'em up rather than, you know, a VS-alike. Um, yeah. And uh, that's really to its credit. And yeah, I'm, I can't wait for it to get a full release and have some extra levels and tweakable difficulty and different weaponry and all sorts. Yeah. Yeah, uh, two things. My my fault with it, and this is this is the biggest compliment I will pay. I pay this game. This had it released on the Vita would have been one of the biggest indie darlings ever. Yeah. Um, Shahid Kamal, when he was doing all his work with the Vita, would have been shouting about this game from the rooftops, and that's what it feels like. It feels like it was that prime indies are taking over the Vita type game. Um, yeah. that would have been perfect on it. Yeah, it's it's that kind of Binding of Isaac kind of impact, isn't it? Yeah. That, that level of impact. Um, but also, the because um, I had a look at it, and it's, um, obviously I've looked at it because I've played it, but it's by uh, Matt Glanville, who a lot of people won't know, uh, but he's actually produced some really good games. Um, he was responsible for a game I loved on the Switch that I've just realised is now also on PC called Switch and Shoot. Which is a very, very simple one button um, horror, uh, vertical shooter where you press the button to change lanes and then you're just shooting everything in front of you. It's really fun. Uh, but he's also got a game as well that I'm really interested in called uh, Dungeon Death Ball, which is one of his most expensive um, at nearly a tenner. But it's a turn based um, roguelike, uh, which is kind of like a sports title, but set in a dungeon and stuff like that and it looks really interesting and it's one that's been on my wish list as well um so there's that and he's got just loads of really good little niche games so he's got like a sniper game um that was a game jam um, entry and um uh, like a bullet hell one as well and they've all sort of like no more than three three quid apart from dungeon death ball um yeah. which yeah it's like he does some really good stuff and he's just an independent on his own developer, which is great. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Reward Matt by by by, by Matt's games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will definitely be checking him out. I saw that he had a good few. I was quite surprised because it, it was like, yeah, you know, an indie release like this that copy not copies, but <laughs> works in the same formula as, as Vampire Survivors. Oh, he'll be brand new on the scene. But no, yeah, got a good few. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. to chuck some cash his way. Um, simplicity is what he does. Simplicity. Yeah. Um, core gameplay mechanics. Get those right. The rest will follow. And every single... Like, the other games of his that I've played, yeah, they do that. Um, so, next up is something you'd wish I would stop doing, Stu. Okay? It's, oh, it's something you wish I would do. Okay. And it's called Unwording. <laughs> Harsh, but, uh, you know, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Um, and though it's not about keeping an ADHD-riddled Bradley quiet, um, it's a really unique-ish puzzle game that has emotions, shall we say, 
lots of emotions um deals with mental health in, in really interesting ways so do you know like when you hit that stage of depression where everything you see you convert into a negative for yourself um, I can, I can so you hear imagine. someone yeah. yeah so you hear someone talking or you hear two people talking you think they're talking about you or what you're doing in a, in a bad light or you see things that people have got and you're like oh I can't afford that of course I can't afford that that kind of thing right. um, it, it does that so it start, like the game starts off it's got lots of layers to it but it kind of starts off that you, you walk through you get these word puzzles um, and you'll see this word puzzle that might say like um one example, which is the one that says like uh, 50% off meal for two. Um, and then it takes you into the puzzle and it's got blocks with the the letters on for those words. And then those words are like dice almost. Those letters are like dice. So on each one, it's got six sides and it's got uh, different letters. Some might be two blocks together um, and they've got like grouped letters and, and stuff like that. And the idea is you take that statement and turn it into a statement that's negative about yourself. So, meal for two, for example, might turn into, I am alone. Um, yeah. And it does that. You go on, and then another one where, like, co-workers are talking, um, and then you, like, it's like I think it's, like, chitter-chatter or something like that. Um, these the words. And then that changes into talking about me. Um, and, and, and so on and so forth. And, He's got this starts off this really lovely basic hand drawn animated thing going on. Um that gives you takes you through these puzzles. But as you go further, um the game evolves um quite a lot. So you go from like this 2D hand drawn paper animation type thing to like this then 2.5D thing to then a full 3D thing, and the puzzles change. As you as you go on through the game, um, and it's literally it's all about dealing with self doubt and, and depression and stuff like that, but in a a really really heartwarming way. Um, it's not insulting to to depression. It's not doing a oh just do this and you'll overcome all kinds of sadness and blah blah blah. It's not trying to give you a message or anything, but it does at the same time. It's got a message behind it that I think works very, very well. Um, and I'm trying to skirt around trying to say too much because, again, I do not wish to ruin the experience for anyone that wants to play this. Uh, but, yeah, I'm infatuated with this game. I didn't think I would be. I, I wasn't sure what I was expecting when I picked it up. But it's, yeah, it's lovely. It, it's not lovely. <laughs> That's the thing. It's, um, it is, but it isn't. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, it, it does. It, I mean... There needs to be that kind of level of depth to games uh, as we go in, as we're going on in their development, and um, it sounds like one of those. Uh, there was that one I played a little while ago, and it it sounds a little similarly themed. It was the it's the one where you try. I can't remember what it's called. It's the one where you, you're bringing two lovers together, and you know that they're physically and mentally separate from one another, and you have to bring them together. Um, yeah, I forgot what it's called yeah, as well. I'll, I'll look it up in a bit. But yeah, that's the kind of thing you need in terms of progress. You need something that does that, that has that level of sophistication. And, you know, I think they tried it about 20 years ago with like edutainment style games where it was mixing in 
real world stuff but they always just tended to feel like school in the end whereas this yeah. seems like they've realized how to make proper games out of something that's both like you know affecting but edu- educational is probably the wrong word but you know it's it's informative at least yes yeah uh, yeah it's 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 not preaching as well that's what i like it's not trying to be preachy or anything um and i've seen you know to some degree as much as i love um senior uh, saying you sacrifice that is the right one isn't it it's not that's yeah. not the sequel is it no saying you sacrifice yeah, yeah. Uh, as much as i love that it's a little bit at times on the nose um and a bit preachy with stuff um whereas this doesn't this 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 goes this this i don't think i've ever related to mental health issues in a game as much as i have this nice um, yeah and then felt it's saying all the right things and it's not it's not belittling me it's not telling me this is how i deal with it or it's not telling me this is how i feel this is this person's journey and i'm someone looking from the outside in and i emphasize empathize with them um, and i get it and that that's what i that's the overwhelming feeling i got from this was i came out of playing it going i get it i get what this person's going through um and yeah it's a, it, I mean, it's put down as a philosophical game, and I would go, yeah, that's a spot on description for it. Um, if you get a chance, play this game. Yes, I really do want to play it. Um, there's a demo for it by the look of it, which is good. Check. Don't play that. the demo. Oh, okay. Just go straight in, honestly. Okay. Okay. Um, honestly, it's not one of those that don't play the demo because it ruins everything. Because I've not played the demo, didn't know there was a demo. Uh, but honestly, I, I, I'm saying just go straight in. On this one it's worth it okay it's uh it's not released yet apparently uh, as of recording nope. um but yeah i, I don't know if i've got a date i i've had it comes out the last week of april um i don't know if that's embargo doesn't say it's embargo to say that but it comes out the last week of april so if you're listening to this fresh about a week or so to wait but it's cool. worth it trust me yeah i've wish listed it and i'll see uh, how much it is and whether I've overspent on the Quest 2 by that point. <laughs> uh, do you know what? Depending on the cost, Joe, I might even gift it to you. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a very thoughtful. Yes. So what's next, Joe? Come on, move on. Um, well, I've mostly been playing bitty bits of stuff, but I did complete Lunark that we talked about last week, and I think it was last week. Uh, my head is all over the place at the moment, but anyway. Um, yeah, I completed Lunark. Really, really, really liked it. It's got it's one of those that gets... Obviously, like the game layers on the complexity and assumes that you've got more of a you know better control over your character so it can throw bigger challenges at you that's what you expect and that's what flashback did but what it also does it adds some sort of design wrinkles particularly to enemies and to you know well i won't say any more than that um because i don't want to spoil it but it adds yeah adds wrinkles to it and to their behavior that are very very clever and really nice use of the environment and security features and locked doors and unlocked doors and just all sorts of little bits like that that are reminiscent of the bit in the in flashback where you're shooting those little alien uh kind of like squishy kind of bubble things 
but takes that to another level. And so it's kind of, it's it's really clever. It takes that DNA and it goes, we're putting it on show. We're not covering up the fact that we're using a lot of ideas that are in flashback, but it expands them in all sorts of new directions. And, um, you know, not, not to the point where it's completely revolutionary, but it's a great continuation of that kind of game, of which we don't get anymore. So... If you like that those kinds of controls, and as we said, you know your lookbook is the original Prince of Persia and Flashback, basically, and another world to a lesser extent, and maybe a little bit of Abe's Odyssey. Uh, if you like those kinds of games, you get you would absolutely love it, and it's right up there with the best of them, I would say. And it's a little bit bigger than Flashback, I'd say. Yeah, uh, not massively bigger, but a little bit bigger, and. There are fewer frustrating sections. Like you said, it's been more updated for the modern audience. My only complaint or in gameplay-wise, because I, I think there probably are some around accessibility because there are very few options in the game in general, but in terms of gameplay, is the save, uh, save system. Uh, it it mm. doesn't really tell you when it's saving, and sometimes you can do a huge section and go... I mean, if you die and you go, oh, bugger, I'm way back, that's one type of frustration. But when you do a large section and you come to a, a quiet part and you're like, right, okay, well, I think it's auto-saved, so I'll close it down because I need to play something else or because my battery's about to die or whatever reason, and then you turn it back on and you're way back, that's a bit mm-hmm. crap. It could do... I, I understand they don't want you to save too often because, you yeah, know, obviously that would make it too easy, but I think the save save areas are a bit too widely spaced and I think you should be in control save states save states save states well that would be good just have the option yes. yeah having having a uh, uh, an achievement tied to not using any and therefore if you're asked about that kind of thing you don't get that achievement I'd be fine uh, with that <laughs> yeah um, or at very least have the Hades system others have done it as well where you go to the pool screen and it goes Last saved X seconds ago. Yeah. Or last saved five minutes ago. So you're like, right, okay, I'm going to lose this much time if I stop. Every game should, now, every game should have that. Yeah. Every yeah, game. without a shadow of a if doubt. If it doesn't have save states or save anywhere, then yeah, it should tell you how long since last auto-save. Yeah. Now, I've seen other games will tell you, like, when you go to the save screen, it tells you auto-save at this time of the day. Don't do that. No. Right, because I don't know what time it is. <laughs> I don't want to have to go and check the time. Well, it's... Literally tell me, oh, I saved X seconds ago. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's one of those user experience things where they've, they've, quite, they've, got it, they've got it right in a way, but all they're really doing is printing the data against that save file on the screen. They're not thinking of yeah. it in terms of user experience. User experience no. is taking that data and then writing something that says, you just saved it after you killed, you know, blob it the blood god or whatever or yeah 20 seconds ago or something like that that's good user experience but i looked into this like this is going way off but i looked into this a, a little while back uh, in terms of how you can present date data um time data um and basically once your code knows the time it can produce that in any way shape or form yeah. um and in any position. So in your actual, here's a list of saves and save files. Fine. Have it, date, and time. Have that. That's absolutely fine. On your pool screen, at the bottom, last saved, 
X seconds ago, X minutes ago, X hours ago. Have that at the bottom. Because then if it says to me, if I'm playing a game and it says, oh, I last saved 35 minutes ago, I can then make an informed choice of, right, okay, let me push on. It, like, I need to push on to where it next as an actual save point. Or I go, right, I'm only going to lose three minutes. I don't mind doing that again. Um, yeah. I know then. And all it's doing is you take that save date data, you say, what's the difference between that save date data and your current save date, or your current time when the person hit pause? That's how many seconds or minutes or hours or days ago it was. And then you put that at the bottom of every pause screen. Yeah. Simple, done. It's I, I could do that. And I, I've, I've only ever learned how to code through copying other people's code. Yeah. I could do that. Um, so if I could do that, I'm sorry, I don't buy into the game development is hard bit for stuff like that. It's not. That's an accessibility feature that will benefit everyone and yourselves. Yeah. Because I've stopped playing games when I've gone, crap, I've lost two hours of gameplay here. I really can't be asked anymore. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it could well, it could well do that for people, yeah. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, that, that should be. Uh, but yeah, it's a very good game, though. Aside from that, that was a big ramp for a very small thing. But if we don't talk about it, who will? Not Jeff Gersman that much, I know. <laughs> I don't know. He might do. He's the first. He's the first big name gaming celebrity that I could pick out. Fair <laughs> Yeah. Not Jeff Keighley, that's for sure. You got a problem, Jeff? Have some more Doritos and Mountain Dew. There you go. Now you stay quiet. You stay quiet, and we'll bring you to celebrities, Jeff. <laughs> I don't like people called Jeff. Apparently, no. Apparently not. I quite like this tangent, though. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want me to rescue? Uh, do you want me to move on to my yeah, final game? Yeah, go on. Yeah, do it. Uh, so the final game I've been playing is Mind Hack. Uh, which apparently has just happened to me. Someone's just hacked me there completely. Um, <laughs> Jeff did. So my, <clears throat> yeah, Jeff, Jeff got hold of me. Yeah, Jeff, want, Jeff Gerson wants to take down Jeff Keeley and he's using me to do it. Not surprised. He could see, he, he, it's, see, it's the, it's the uh, faculty feed, like invasion of body snatchers. You don't go in blowing out the front doors. You go, you sneak in via the back door. So what Jeff Gerson's doing, he's using us to get to our 29 listeners and then we'll grow from there. Clever, clever, Very Jeff. Clever. I know. I mean, I'm on to you. Subtle. I'm on to you. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the gaming's Robert Patrick. <laughs> I'm on to you, mate. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, mind hack. Uh, bit of clarity before I talk about it. I did do some interning with the PR company that sent me this game and do the PR for this game. Um, so just get that out of the way. Um, but mind hack is a visual novel. Uh, text adventure type game um, that doesn't lean too heavily into the visual novel tropes. Um, so it's it's not full of um, questionable aged Japanese girls in questionable clothing. Um, it's yeah, it's very it's a very well done visual novel um, where you play someone who works for. I don't know if to say the government, the system, the man, or whatever it is. But you, you play as an agent type worker for the overbearing powers. Uh, and your job is, as a mind hack, is to go in and change the perception of minds of evildoers, is what they call them. Evildoers. Because yeah. evildoers 
all have a bug in their in their system, and you've got to go in and erase that bug and change their memories and change their minds so that they just become good people, um, or cheap, maybe we could use for this one. Um, and as the game goes on, you start to uncover truths, shall we say? Um, and the game starts to go places, but you still obviously got to do your job. You still got to go and do these mind hacks. Um, and the story goes very, uh, 1984 in places, uh, but without actually trying to be 1984, which I really, really, really like. Um, so there's, there's that to it. Um, visually it looks really cool. It's all done from like, I don't think I've ever played a first person visual novel before. Um, but this is a first person visual novel. Um, so you, you kind of like your hands are always in front of you. Um, and then you get like the normal visual novel stuff of people talking to you, talking to each other in front of you. You can make your choices, all that. Um, there's not mini games as such, but there's like mini actions you must take during the actual mind wipes and, and stuff like that. So you might need to erase a phrase or a word or something from someone's memory. So you have to like drag your mouse across um and things like that to do it or other little like little touches that you've got to do to, to change people's perceptions and it's really good it's really good you could go wrong you could absolutely completely destroy people's minds um among other things but yeah it's again i know you're not a fan of the visual novels too so it's not what i'm gonna say you would love it's not gonna turn people on to visual novels it's very visual novel-esque but for people who enjoy a good visual novel and enjoy a good story, it's really good. I really enjoy my time with it. Um, and it's just over a tenner as well. And do you know what? I'd rather pay a tenner for this than some movies I've watched of late. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> it's yeah, no, it's better than Minority price. Report. Um, like, everyone's got their own sort of price limit, but around a tenner yeah. is something that I normally don't think about too much. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll pay it. Like, Gunsuit Guardian's £2.50. That's like, not even think about it. You know, it's just like, bang, gone. Um, but yeah, tenner's, tenner's a decent price, and it sounds like a, a, a reasonable experience. I'm, I don't know if you're like this as well, but like, sometimes there's stuff I just want to experience, and I don't want to like either well not eating got not get anywhere near completing but also i don't mind that i'm not completed but only if i'm in that world for an hour or two and like i'll buy yeah. a game because i just want to be part of that experience for a little bit knowing that i won't get the full experience out of the game but I, i'm happy to to do it anyway i don't know if you feel like that sometimes yeah actually this is one of those games where I've not completed it, so fortunately I've not completed it yet. I don't know how far into the actual story I am. Um, but I, I just like being in the world. Um, and it's, the visual style's good. There's humour as well, um, in, in some ways. So the hand gestures that are, are made by your character are, are very important. And he uses, like... Now and again, you'll see like the odd like thumbs up and stuff like that, and it's it doesn't make you like belly laugh or anything like that, but it does give you know like like when you maybe like watching a film and you get that one thing or you read a book, you get that one thing, you just give us a wry little smile because you know that's, you know it's like it's such a serious thing you're watching, but they do that little human interaction thing, you give that wry little smile. It's got that element element to yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And it's very grey, but with lots of colour. And if you play it, that will make sense. Ah, cool. Yeah, I might, I might uh, well give yeah. it a go. Yeah. Have, have a look. I don't know if it's going to be a demo or, or, or anything like that. But have a look. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, as I said, it's, it's better than Minority Report, the film. That much I will say. Ah, oh, very good. Which does a similar, which I, I say that because it's a similar sort of feel of, oh, you know, precogs and stuff like that. Whereas this is doing for the mind hack and changing people and 1984. It, it's got the influences are on its sleeve in a way, but it does its own thing. And yeah, pretty decent. It's out now as well. Nice. Cool. Now, Steam Deck, video game controls, consoles, video game controls. Can we get some things sorted on game controls? Um, we're at a point now where, whether it's a Steam Deck or whether it's one of these other AO, Neo things or whatever they're called, um, these other handheld PCs, um, this the fact that more games are, that were ex originally exclusively PC are coming to consoles, etc, etc. You've got to start thinking of controls, developers. You really have. You've got to start going, can we make this controllable with a controller? Um... And don't just rely on the community to do it. It's like Movie House is a great example. Um, it needs someone in the team to go, right, can we do this with controls? Or if not, can we create an actual profile for this? Stop relying on the community to do it or to fix your problems with mods or, or whatever. Um, and my big issue with this you often hear people go, oh, but the, the smaller developers can't do it. Well, they can, because they have done in the past. I've seen the individual developer make a game that could be controlled with a mouse and keyboard and a controller perfectly well. I've seen AAA developers make a game that can be controlled with a mouse and keyboard perfectly well. But on the flip side, I've seen big AAA developers that go, nah, we'll just do the one, that'll do. Well, it was mouse and keyboard on the PC, so we'll do that. That's fine. Um, and I've seen indie developers go, oh, but I don't want to. So I'm just going to, it was mouse and keyboard when I made it. And that's what it's going to be. You can't do that now. You know, they're predicting the Steam Deck is going to hit 3 million sales, which is not a lot, you know, when you compare it to a Nintendo Wii, a PlayStation 2, a PSP, etc. It's not a lot. But this is a brand new gaming system. For the first time, this is something completely new. And we're going to be predicted to hit 3 million sales by the end of this year. This is not small fry anymore. Um, it's going to change the way gaming is perceived. And the way PC gaming specifically is is taken in. Um, and you've got to get on board now. You've got to get in there. Um, and I will use the example like Microsoft released, um, I want to say Age of Empires 2 HD or whatever it is, Definitive Edition, released that on Xbox a couple of months back with full controller support. On the Steam version, they've not added that controller support in, which makes it difficult to play on the Steam Deck. Why? Why, why do that? You stick it in there. Um, right? Your Microsoft, for God's sake, do it. Um, and I've seen others like uh, City Skylines is a mess to play on the Steam Deck for me. Um, and again, I've seen the arguments going, yeah, but it's, you know, it's City Skylines, it's still an independent team, blah, blah, blah. Transport Fever 2 has 
absolutely perfect integration with a controller with a keyboard and mouse. Absolutely perfect. And even though it's not as good as City Skylines, I much prefer playing that than I do City Skylines because it's not a chore to play in terms of controls. I'm not fighting or trying to find ways to make the controls work. It just works. Um, and that's from a much smaller team than the team behind City Skylines. It needs someone now, I think. Do you know where you've got these uh, middleware codecs and stuff like that that make games work in one, like across systems and stuff like that because they do the heavy lifting there? We need that for controller support yeah. or control support. Yeah. We need a middleware where someone could just stick that in and then configure that. That's what we need now because it's getting it's going to become a joke. People like some devs are going to lose out on sales because their games are uncontrollable, despite being great games. We need that. Someone needs to make some kind of of middleware thing that that basically takes the heavy lifting away from the developers because they want to be creative. They want to concentrate on the creativity. I get that, but you don't want to alienate a massive amounts of if you want to leave potentially three million sales. On the on, on the on the floor, go for it. But it's gonna then damage you for your next game, your next game, your next game. And as that system grows, if you're still not getting behind the idea of everything should have all possible controls, you're gonna fall behind further and further and further and further. And you're gonna lose more and more sales. Um, it's just, it's just one of those things. It really bugs me that you know I I there are games that have both but not on all systems and that's that that's ridiculous and yeah it's just let's sort these controls out yeah yeah absolutely and it's it's kind of crazy that you know things are have moved more towards like mobile first over the last you know decade or so and yeah you can roll into that the switch and then later on the steam deck have been thought of as mobile devices and controllers have always been the the de facto wave you know, playing a game and yeah to to not have that in your consideration is pretty crazy and there's two layers to it there's like you should really be thinking about coding it in and when you're in the design process making sure that you've got the game built to a standard that can cope with and be accessible with a controller even if they the developer still prefers mouse and keyboard it should still be playable properly secondly if you can't do that for whatever reason you should be there of a night with a Steam Deck as a developer playing your game on it and going, Jesus Christ, I can't control this thing. It's fucking terrible. And creating a profile and making it the official profile. Because if I was in that situation, I would be embarrassed if my game wasn't playable in that, you know, by the, the largest number of people and alienate an entire consumer base simply because you couldn't be bothered or because you're a purist or for whatever reason. And like you said, there's no excuse for it whatsoever and it just needs to change. Yeah. And also, have you never wanted to sit there, just sit on your sofa, relaxed and play a video game? Well, if you can't do that with your own game, something's a bit wrong. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but again, you do you. Honestly, you do you, but it's just, it's now I'm noticing it more. Yeah, I mean... It's now possible. All, all consoles have multiple profile options. So you could, like, hotkeys and everything. We could now got always possible to switch between certain control types on a console as well. So it's, it's there. The technology's there. Just yeah. use it. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, there's no excuse. There is no excuse. 
So, but anyway, as developers all over the world, and Jeff, I know you're listening, um, will know I'm going to shut up now and protect your ears. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it's a very good point. I've probably alienated a bunch of developers, but, you know, well, what can you do? That's, <laughs> the, the truth is the truth. But, yeah, there we go. So, as usual, have a good week. Hopefully the weather is good for you where you are. If not, stay inside. Look at all our content. Follow us on all the socials. Join our Discord if you feel so moved. And until next time, stay safe and stay sane.